0: Profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying,
1: I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone
0: can I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions.
1: What do you actually want out of your business?
0: You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Gallo Springer. For your industry, by your industry. industry and even job comes with its own preconceived notions or stigmas to rise above from but when it comes to the hair and beauty industry the most widely circulated ones like that it's the easy way out of a career or that quote-unquote you must have not done very well in school they can really cut deep and stick often for far too long that's why the Forest FM podcast cares so much about sharing and celebrating inspiring stories, amplifying community voices all over the globe, giving a megaphone to the industry's fresh perspectives and ideas on topics such as business management, marketing, retaining and motivating teams, and generating new revenue streams. And that's why at Forest we don't have a job. We have a purpose. It's to help salon owners like you succeed. Forest was born on the salon floor and bred to help you thrive. Joining us on the show to discuss all things mindset, growth, empowerment, and what it means and feels like to be an entrepreneurial outlier is Tara Rose Kidd, founder of Tara Rose Salons and Training Academy, a salon educator and global keynote speaker whose business ventures are based out of the United Arab Emirates.
1: People want to build their careers. We love to do hair, but we want more, you know, and and why should we not have more? I think, you know, for many years I chose a life that is, is nothing in line with who I am today. Everything that society says we should be, I never was, you know, so I I struggled and, and I, I never had that support, you know, somebody to tell me that, you know, being, um you know, being more creative is okay. There were so many things that I wouldn't do because I was afraid, you know, I was afraid of, oh my God, that seems really scary. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not doing that because what will people think? The more I became different. And the more I broke the mould, the better my results became. It's it's about educating your mindset and knowing that, you know, if we apply certain things and, you know, to our everyday lives and, and and we study and we keep growing, then your results become better. We can achieve anything that we want to achieve if we have a strong belief in ourselves, a strong belief in the bigger vision And that that we consistently, you know, work hard towards it every day.
0: After launching her career as a hairdresser in the UK, Tara Rose Kidd found herself seeking greater direction and purpose. Over the past seven years, Tara has steadily grown Tara Rose salons to three salons and over 60 staff, which she sees as her greatest business asset. In that time, she's won several awards, including the Business Director of the Year Award by Professional Beauty GCC and Global Hair Personality Award by Hall of Wellness. With the opening of Tower Rose Academy, she focuses not only on the hairdressing skills that salon professionals need, but also on business skills for front and back of house, mental health and lifestyle design. As you'll quickly notice throughout this conversation, Tara knows firsthand that being part of a community helps people grow quickly by drawing ideas and inspiration from one another. She also believes that with plenty of ambition and talent, the right mindset and a great work ethic combined with deep trust in the process, anyone can turn their lives around and make an impact. She speaks frequently at motivational events in her own salons and is also a sought-after speaker for beauty industry events, entrepreneurial gatherings, self-empowerment workshops, and personal development seminars. Tara, welcome to Forest FM. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know this's been uh, you know a, a while in the making. I feel like we were introduced maybe a couple months ago already, um, but I'm so glad to finally connect with you and have this conversation on the show. Yes, Zoe.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing to be to be on here, and yeah, it's taken a bit of time, but we've we've done
0: it. Yes, absolutely. We always manage to. Um, listen, before we delve into all of your business ventures, um, your most recent one being Tara Rose Academy, you self describe as an entrepreneurial outlier. Why is that?
1: I, you know, it's it's something that I've really only. You know, I'm not one for labels, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I quite like this label. <laughs>
0: um yeah, sometimes they just feel right, eh? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I quite like it was, you know, it just sounded different, which is the the whole idea, the whole idea behind it. You know, for me, um the you know, entrepreneur outlier is, you know, it's breaking the mold, it's being mm-hmm. different, it's taking away The, um, you know, the labels that society puts on us that we should be conditioned a certain way, you know, majority of people live their lives through how people think they should behave or how we should act. Um, And Mm -hmm. I've only started my entrepreneurial journey maybe in the last five, five years. Um, And I suppose the more I became different and the more I broke the mold, the better my results became. Um so yeah, that's why, you know, that's where it's based around and, and pretty much everything that we do, I do is a as a from a personal development aspect or whether it's to do with the business, the academy, the staff,
0: you know, it all has that um that ethos behind it. Right, right. It's interesting you mentioned, you know, like we work from a place of what we should be doing or, you know, mm-hmm. it was, um, a couple, I think it might've been last year I had a conversation with someone on the podcast, Ashley Hodges. Um, and she was saying, you know, like for the longest time she worked on that kind of, uh, mindset as well. And, mm-hmm. and now she she said, she was saying on the, on the show, she was like, like whatever you're going to do with that, um, like mindset, I guess, or like framework, Yeah, um, it's going to come from a non-authentic place because it's not something you deeply value, you want to do, you know, you should do what you want to do, not what you should do or should be doing based on other people's expectations. Definitely, definitely. And that for me
1: is where my life started to change, where my business started to change, because it came from a place that where my values and, and, and what I want to do, how I want to help people, how, you know, the ethos behind the salon and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. it's starting to come from a place where it has nothing to do with what other people should be doing, you know, and, and this is, Mm -hmm. we can talk about this in terms of the academy and the, the education I want to offer to other salons, you know, because a lot of people have said to me, but what if they copy you? And it's it, for me, it's not about copying, you know, it's being able to share skills that people can put their own twist on you know and 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 then that has to be in line with their values and where they're going so yeah, yeah definitely
0: so entrepreneurship aside when did you first become conscious of being an outlier and how how did that make you feel to realize that
1: yeah i mean i think we've got different aspects of it you know um like i say only in the last sort of 6 months 8 months have i have i realized you know that i have always been one i just didn't understand that I was because again, you know, the education system and, and everything that, you know, society says we should be, I never was, you know, so I, I mm-hmm. struggled and, and I, I never had that support, you know, somebody to tell me that, you know, being, um, you know, being more creative is okay. You know, you just need to channel your energy into, uh, into something else. So I've only worked that out in the last sort of few months, but for me, I really started to understand. It was about five years ago. It was when I opened my second salon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I obviously always wanted more. Well, always wanted more. You know, when I opened the first salon, I knew what I wanted. You know, the um, the vision is still the same. It's yeah. just slightly different as we, you know, like different types of things are now involved. But the vision has always been the same. You know, we want a safe place for people to work, and we want, uh, you know, a place where clients can come and, you know, take that time away from themselves. But I think for me and my my journey and my mindset where, where it really changed was when I opened my second salon. When I opened that second salon, I opened it for pure ego, <laughs> I think, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I, I should just open another one, you know. That's what people do. You know, it wasn't really – I hadn't really discovered who I was properly and what my – You know, it's about going back to your why and why are we here and why are we doing this? And I've never actually done that for myself. You know, I I understood it, like I say, from quite a vague place with the first salon. You know, I I understood team clients. I got that. But I had to take, you know, opening that second salon. It just felt like the natural thing to do. I've been open two years. I was like, somewhere else came up. I was like, yeah, I can do it again. (laughs) No problem. Uh, I had a six week old baby. You know, and all of a sudden I was like, wow, this is not what I thought, you know. Um, I have, you know, in terms of team, I was getting very frustrated with the team. I was getting very frustrated with just everything, you know, because Mm. I was still sort of looking at other people. I was looking at other people and what they should be doing. But really it all came from me. You know, I had to go back to the beginning and I had to really understand, like, if I don't know who I am and where I'm going, how is anybody else supposed supposed to know that? Um, and I think that sort of breakdown and, and I went to like um, a seminar, you know, went to listen to some speakers and I'd never done anything like that before. And I was oh, laughing okay. with somebody the other day, um, you know, 10, 10 years ago, I would have never picked up a self-help book. I would have never gone to a seminar. I would have, you know, spirituality. Somebody would have said that to me. I would have just laughed at them, you know, but... Mm. My my results ten years ago to what they are now are, are very very different. So that was my fixed mindset back then. Right. Um, so yeah, it was just then I was like, wow, there's a whole other world out here, you know, <laughs> and everybody seems like they're having a great time.
0: <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. So why not me? <laughs> why
1: not? I was like, so I'm going to start looking yeah. into this more, you know. And it was, and it was great. And and I think that's where I really started to fall in love with education again after having such a hate for it because, yeah. you know, there's, there's, it's, it's about educating your mindset and knowing that, you know, if we apply certain things and, you know, to our everyday lives and, and, and we study and we keep growing, then your results become better, you know? And and that was it really, you know, the more I learned, the more I did, whether it was business or self-development or, you know, it, and again, I had to go right back to the beginning and learn how to be a good leader you know, I'd never mm-hmm. led. You know, I was never a leader before. I was, you know, a hairdresser worked in the salon that was everybody's friend, um, right? Which that came with massive, you know, for me because I, you know, I always wanted to be liked. I was always somebody's friend.
0: And I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, yeah. like in yeah. and outside the industry, honestly. Like I think it's yeah. it's something that we all kind of crave as as human beings. You know, like to 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 seek that appreciation. Yeah. I think it's very and normal. I think
1: yeah, and that you know again, that was coming through wanting to please, please people. Like I have a great relationship with my team, you know, we, um, we have so much fun. So, but now it comes from a place of, rather than just wanting to please people, you know, it's coming from a place of, you know, we still need Mm -hmm. to have these rules, you know, we still need to have these things in place, you know, because I learned that very quickly. If we don't have these, you know, strong boundaries in place, people become more unhappy. So, you know, and it's just having that, but you know, again, by being, you know, being part of the team and everything and having a great relationship, we can offer other things to make them happy rather than me just saying, okay, yeah, fine, no problem trying to please everybody, you know? So yeah, yeah I think that's a, a big factor.
0: So you said like, early like, like pretty much one of the first things you said is you're not really one for labels, but this one, this outlier, entrepreneurship yeah. outlier feels kind of right. Does, do you feel more than right? Do you feel like it's almost like a superpower for you now?
1: Yeah, like I I believe now after where I've been and, and what I've achieved in the last few years, I believe life is a game, you know, life is a game and we can achieve anything that we want to achieve if we have a strong belief in ourselves, a strong mm-hmm. belief in the bigger vision and that, that we consistently, you know, work hard towards it every day, you know, and it, it's very important that you have those three because if he can keep vision in it, but you're not going to work for it, it's not going to happen right. either, you know. So it's just really having that sort of those, you know, that belief in yourself, a strong, clear vision as to what you want to achieve. And then every day you make sure you do something to work towards that goal. Mm hmm.
0: Do you ever like, I'm sure, I'm sure we all have those moments, but like, do you struggle, I guess, with imposter syndrome or limiting beliefs? And if so, like, when does that show up the most for you? Like as a, as a salon owner, as a leader, what are some tools or like techniques that you've learned that you, you now kind of, that help let the feeling be there, but not paralyze you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's huge and I think you deal with different types of,
1: you know, imposter syndrome forever, you know, because once you've overcome one thing, something else will sneak in uh, depending on, on on what you do. I mean, the thing for me is I didn't – there were so many things that I wouldn't do because I was afraid, you know. I was afraid of, oh, my God, that seems really scary. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that mm. or I'm not doing that because what will people think. Like for me now – I think I'd got to a point in my business and one of the the biggest thing was I had this big vision, but I had so many things that I hadn't overcome. You know, I was afraid to do things, so I couldn't go any further. Mm. So, you know, I think it was something that I read or it was a podcast or something, you know, if it's scary, then you have to do it, you know. (laughs) You have, like, you have to do it. You see it as a to-do list, you know. It's like something, because on the other side of it, you know, for, for a long time, public speaking, I couldn't hold a team meeting, you know, um, being on camera, like, this type of thing, like, I couldn't do it. I was so afraid of my own voice and how it would come out. Mm. So I was like, right, I've got to do this. So I went and did a, a course on public speaking and everything, and and then since then, you know, you keep practising, and and then things get better, and then... You believe in yourself more. Right. So I suppose, yeah, but the, and there's so many, you know, different different aspects of imposter syndrome. You know, even for me now, like I'm on holiday in the UK. Yeah. Like before I never took leave, never. So it's only been in the last year because, again, I'm like, I should be there, you know. <laughs> yeah. But So that's my latest thing, like be, now being able to, like, shut off a little bit, you know, being able to have some time with family. Um, And I've been here two weeks and I think I'm only just starting to relax because you feel like, you know, you should be, it's that imposter syndrome, that guilt,
0: you know, well, everybody's there and I'm away. Well, now I feel kind of bad to get you on the podcast while you're trying to shut down.
1: That's fine. (laughs) I, I need, to be fair, I need a little bit of, so I need to be doing things as well because uh, it keeps me, uh, keeps me busy,
0: <laughs> occupied. <laughs> right. Well, you're saying you're back in the UK. This brings me kind of nicely to to my next question. Um, for us as a company, like our presence in the UAE market is relatively recent, but you've been established there for like at least the past seven years, if I'm not mistaken. What are some of the main, I suppose, cultural differences that, impact the way salon businesses run, um, in that market compared to what you knew from working in the UK for years also?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, yeah, many, many different aspects, you know, my salons are female only, um, at the moment. So yeah, culturally that's, that's very different. I can only employ females and obviously we only allow females into, um, into the salon as well. Because of obviously, you know, the culture, the the ladies are covered, um, you know, so no men are allowed into the salon. So that's a, that's a massive one. Um, you can have mixed salons normally within a hotel. Um, okay. But yeah, my three salons that I have at the minute are female only. But the really good news is my 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 next my next salon in Dubai, the fourth one is I've just managed to get it all done and dusted. But I have a I have a mixed salon now. In Dubai, So that's going to be really nice. Yeah, be really nice because I want to open up the doors to, you know, bringing men into, you know, our our team and uh, being able to offer out the support that we give, you know, the females to also the males. You know, we are very female empowerment, but I want to open up that to, um, you know, to having men working with us as well and obviously being able to do men's hair. So, yeah, that's that's a big one. But yeah, currently and you see things are starting to change a, a little more. But yeah, the, the, the three I have at the moment are female only.
0: Wow. And is there, are there any like other massive differences that you've noticed just like working in that, like in those two different countries?
1: Yeah, I suppose for us as well, we, it's, you know, it's a mix of cultures, which yeah. in the, you know, from a, from a team basis and also client basis, you know, which is, which is really lovely, you know, getting to understand different cultures, different personalities and, uh, you know really what everybody is is all about so it, it, in the beginning yeah it can be you know if we're bringing you know british staff over or we're bringing you know we've got new um new girls from the philippines coming over you know they have to be aware of different cultures and mm-hmm. and you know being you know knowing that what you can say what you can't say what some people f- like uh, as a compliment what some people find as an insult like it's uh, <laughs> 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 Those types of things, yeah. But then also the hair, you know, the hair is a massive thing, because obviously in the in the UK you're predominantly, you know, working with the European hair. Yeah, um that's true. Yeah, like it's so where we have a, a much much bigger mix, you know, we have um, got a lot of local clients, Indian clients, you know, from all over. Mm-hmm. So again, it's you know making sure that if we have a western western staff coming over, that they really understand the difference, you know, in the hair. So that's a the big thing. And and the color choice, things that you can use and you can't use. Mm. Um so yeah, they they would be the main things. Other than that, you know, it's very, very much the same as 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 it is anywhere.
0: Right. And can you walk me through maybe the beginning story of Tower Rose salons? Like where does um you as a hairdresser come up with this idea to open up your salon? How does it become What's available yeah. now today as an offering, you know, you're saying fourth salon already. Yeah. So how does that all unfold?
1: I um so I was in Dubai. Uh so I've been here 13 years now, and I was in Dubai for three years, and we moved to Abu Dhabi, and there was just nowhere that I wanted to work, you know. Um a lot of the salons where we're from in Abu Dhabi are all owned by non hairdressers as well. Not that there's, there's, there was nothing wrong with that, but you know, it was more, what I was finding was the people that I was working for, it was a money thing to them. You know, Mm. there was no, there was no why behind it apart from them trying to earn money, you know, Um, which I think from a business perspective, you know, never, never lasts too long because you have to have something stronger behind that. So that was, there was nowhere that I wanted to work. So came up with the idea, like, if I can find a way, there is a big gap here. Um, you know, I need to get some money first. I don't know where I'm going to get that from, but I need to find some money. <laughs> and uh, I need to find a way to open up a salon. And it, it took me a couple of years. I saved up some money. I took a I took a loan and took on a, a huge villa in uh, Khalifa City in Abu Dhabi. And I, I opened it by myself. You know, it was just me. Um... So I had all these rooms, all this space, and then I had my assistant, Nikki and Joe, they came and they came and joined me a few days later. And I was like, right, I've done it. But, you know, the first day I opened it, I just burst into tears. I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? This is... <laughs> 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 what have I done? Oh, yeah. um, but do you know what? That was the thing for me. Giving up was never an option. Giving up was mm. never an option. I always knew that I could do it. I had no idea about how I was going to do it. Um, but I just really did believe and I think this is one of the things that has really helped me is when I feel something and I believe it, mm-hmm. nothing will get in the way because I know it's it's coming from a place where, you know, it's a good place, like I can really feel it and visualize it. So, you know, sometimes I'm not always sure how I'm going to do it, but I believe that, you know, I can make steps to, to, to make sure it happens. And And yeah. to be fair now for me. I don't want to know everything. I want to learn it along the way. That's, you know, that's enjoying the journey mm-hmm. and the growth and, 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 uncovering stuff. Like it's, for me, that is part of, you know, everything is, is learning, is making mistakes, make loads of mistakes all the time, but it's a lesson as well. So sometimes, you know, that, that has to be a big part of what we do, not beat yourself up, but just take it as a lesson.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, like when we, when we put ourselves in those situations where we're like, our backs are against the wall, yeah. it's like, yeah. well, I'm going to figure out a way. I don't know how, but yeah. it's going to like, it's going to happen. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And Definitely. It's like, you know, especially when it's like sink or swim kind of situation, I feel like, yeah. you know, if you've, if you've got like just enough of that belief of I'm going to make it work, you know, there's mm. nothing that can really mm. stop you. Yeah.
1: And you know what? At the end of the day, the worst thing that happens is it it doesn't Mm -hmm. work. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. None of, you know, we didn't, nothing happened. We didn't die. We didn't get, you know, it's like it didn't work. So it wasn't meant to be.
0: Yeah, 100%. Mm. So I guess your latest business venture, Rose Academy, has been described as a game changer in your region. Can you tell me more about that? And what would you attribute its popularity and success to?
1: Um. So yeah, for me, the the academy is you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a growing plan. You know we're going to start releasing um courses and everything externally in the next couple of months. But for me, it was when I started my journey looking into education and everything for myself and the business. Like I couldn't find couldn't find anywhere that did everything. You know, you go you can do a haircut somewhere, or somebody will learn you teach you how to do like a balayage. Um, but again, for me and what we base our business on, like the hair and the technique is just 50% of what we do. You know, there is a whole lot of other stuff that we need and the support we need to be able to push forward, you know? So we have all the skills and everything, you know, the ballet, the colors, the cuts and everything. But what I've really introduced into this platform and we'll be doing in the academy is, is the other side is, you know, management courses, marketing courses, um, is it motivation? You know, uh, we're we're just working on a business builder course. So taking people back to understanding their vision, their mission, their core values and how to build these things. um, And then also looking at uh, from a mental health perspective, like support how you can support your team. Because for me, again, and what I see in my team is these girls are so good and so passionate at what they do. But in your 20s, you really don't understand who you are as a person, you know? Or So it's really important that we, as salon owners and leaders, that we are able to help get them to work it out for themselves as well. So, you know, mental health support is a big part of what we do in the salon, but also within the academy and stuff, we will sort of help people to understand more about supporting the people, supporting yourself as a leader, but also supporting your team. So it's I find it as like a it's a full 360 approach of education. Mm-hmm. Um, we will work with the salon owner. We will work with the stylist. We will work with a junior that wants to upskill, you know, to get to the next level. So yeah that's it's um you know we're going to start releasing stuff externally but yeah for me you know within the next 2 years I would love to have you know full time uh, academy offering it externally to everybody else like at the moment majority is in in salon but like I say over the next sort of few months you'll start seeing us releasing courses to salon owners stylists whoever wants to do it
0: that's brilliant because I was gonna ask you know is this targeted mainly towards salon owners or you know can people who want to upskill and go into like leadership or management also take the courses? all of it
1: yeah we want to cover everything you know they would come in and so say they're coming at an assistant level or a management level, they would need to go through all these courses first mm-hmm. and then they can start taking courses above to sort of get the, uh, to go up to, you know, working towards the next
0: level. Amazing. Well, listen, I think it's pretty common and, and normal, I think, for entrepreneurs to like pour a lot of themselves into their businesses and their values, mm-hmm. their vision, like you were just saying. What sort of, because uh, you've hinted, I guess, at like a few things, but I, I'd love to hear your like full take on this. Like, what sort of culture have you been nurturing in your salons and in your academy? How would you describe it? Um, because I want to show these
1: girls they can achieve anything they want in life. You know, um, being a hairdresser myself, you know, and not doing very well at school. It's almost like hairdressers, you know, you say to somebody you're a hairdresser, like, oh, you didn't do very well at school. You know, the just a hairdresser stigma that we have, you know, and especially in our region where we are, you know, people want to build their careers. We love to do hair, but we want more, you know, and and why should we not have more? So we really, um, you know, for me, I really want to push the people that work with me to understand that we can take our careers wherever we want. So, you know, this is where we're sort of really designing what we have. And the academy is a big part of that as well Is you know, do they want to work towards management? Do they want to work towards education and being an educator? Or now we've just recently launched our own uh, Taro's art team as well. Oh, So nice. is it? Yeah. So is it? They don't want to do either one of those. They want to stay creative, you know? So, yeah, that's the we've just launched that this year. So. We can really because that's people get itchy feet, you know, they get to especially when you've been doing hair a long time. It's like I want more, but I don't know what I want. So if we can offer these, you know, this career growth to people, um, you know, they want to stay longer. They want to be part of something. But it's it's more about them understanding that, yeah, like we will give you the support that you need to be the best version of yourself. Um, so I think that's where it really, our culture is very, like, people want more. Like, everybody that comes now to work for us is coming to work for us because they know what we do. Um, you know, we we want people that are passionate and want to grow. So that's when you've got that culture, that unique culture of yeah. everybody feels the same way. Like, we just, you know, everybody just moves moves
0: forward. Yeah. How long would you say it took for that culture to become widely known to the outside world, to be like, okay, yeah, I want to work for Tarot Salons because I know Mm. that I know what they stand for, you know, like I'm sure it didn't necessarily happen with just like a snap of the fingers. Yeah, no,
1: it was the more we push more, I stepped outside my comfort zone and the more I was doing things and showing the girls, the more they wanted to do it, you know, so it takes time. And I think this is the big thing. Like I didn't we didn't do so many, like I didn't do so many things before because I was afraid of what other people thought or afraid of not being, so, you know, having that now implemented into, well, yeah, I need to do this. I need to believe in this. I need to do something different, you know, like why, I don't want to do the same as somebody else. So that's the whole outlier thing, you know, it's like, let's break the mold, let's do something different. And then the more you start to do these things, the more you become, you become notice, you know, and people want to be part of that, that culture, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's take it's taken time, but it's that consistency every day of, you know, I've got this vision, yeah. um, you know, I still work on believing in myself. I still have to do things daily, you know, to keep like, you know, I need to exercise, I need to eat, well, I need to meditate, I need to work. I need, do you know what I mean? It's a long list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, every day and then working towards it consistently, you know, pushing the boundaries daily as to where we can get and then, you know, Small steps every day equals massive changes in a year's time. So I think that would be my biggest advice is just don't hold off, start now. And don't, you know, it takes time. You take baby steps, but those baby steps every day in a year's time, you know, you can be a completely, yeah, completely different results. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, if you look back at your younger self in in the years where you felt like a lot of those things that you do now that you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's something that I'm going to grow from. I'm going to do that scary thing because I'm going to learn from it. In the years where it felt less like that and more like it's way too scary, I don't want to do that. What would you have hoped to have received in terms of support during that time?
1: Um, I think, obviously, answer to that question... I believe that schools should introduce more for, you know, in terms of just everyday life skills and how, you know, how we should think and feel and, and how we are. It's good that we're all different. You know, I think there mm-hmm. should be something that is introduced into schools because, you know, if you don't fit into a box um you know you either you either start to play up or you fall through the cracks and nobody then you know there is not enough support or there is not enough education in terms of you know there is a place for everybody there is a place for everybody to be unique in themselves and equally be be good at something. Um, you know, and I think that's and I mean I'm not sure about education everywhere, but I know the British system for me fails a lot of people. Mm. Um and yeah, you either get, go unnoticed or you go the other way and you rebel. You know, it's um and that's that's sad, you know, there's because not everybody is academic. So I think, you know, it should be something that is that is offered more. Um definitely. Mm
0: and in terms of like when you think about your your appetite for risk creativity growth where where does that come from is that like a like your type of rebellious nature to the the schooling system yeah i
1: think you know for many years i chose a life that you know is is nothing in line with who i am today um and that is purely because i thought that that life owed me something you know and i um so I think you know the hunger for what I have now and and this is something I've actually had to deal with is because I wanted to prove everybody wrong that I wasn't the person I used to be. So that was a big drive <laughs> at one point for why I'm going to do this because I'm going to show you, you know, I'm going to be able to prove to you that I can do it. Yeah. So again, I've had to find a bit of inner peace with that as well. Um because you know that was a big drive. You know everybody that thought I couldn't do something, I wanted to I wanted to show them mm. um but yeah that's a, that was a, that's a big drive towards it and then you know the more you start to work on yourself and believe in yourself you find you know more peace with it and yeah it's just you know I I want to be and I want to be able to show the the team you know what what we can do what they can do because you know, they're just, they're, they're different versions of me and, and who I, you know, used to be. And because they see me doing things, they, you know, they push themselves. So again, that's a huge factor for it. Like this isn't just for me, this is for the people that work with me, you know, because I, I want I want to be able to give them something that I never had mm. um, in terms of support and, and showing them that, you know, embrace who you are, you know, your weirdness, you know, embrace all of those <laughs> yeah. things and
0: go with it. So, yeah, that's a big thing. I love that. Well, listen, Tara, this has been fantastic. I have one more question for you. Um, Considering all the things you've been through, considering, you know, how you felt the the schooling system failed you, considering where you are today with three salons, opening a fourth one, having an academy, have over 60 staff, you're an educator, you're a global keynote speaker, like the list goes on. What are you... Mm most proud of and how do you now define success?
1: And I think the most, the thing that I'm most, most proud of is, 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 is our culture that, that we have built as a salon, you know, showing, uh, being able to show people, not just my team, but being able to educate others Mm -hmm. to support them in their dreams and their goals and seeing that like look of you know, I did this. That's definitely, um, definitely what I'm most proud of. And again, success is for me, you know, it's, it's, it's not a financial thing. It's not, I've got this, you've done this, you've done this, you know, it's, and, and, and again, you know, it's, it's about waking up happy every day. And that to one person, to other person is, is completely different, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think, you know, it, we don't, a lot of people say "Oh, successful people think of people like what loads of money and this, this and this, but you know, that might not make somebody happy. So, you know, my version of success would be very different to somebody else's, you know, but, but truly like my, my version of being successful is being happy every day and living in peace, you know, Mm. to, to work towards the bigger, the bigger goal. Um, and that's it. And it's sitting down with the girls at work as well and understanding what is their, what is their thing? What is their why? Because everybody's why is different. And how do we help support people to feel successful working towards their
0: why? I love that. And that's a, that's a very, very lovely way to end this interview on. (laughs) Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, If people want to reach out or learn more about, you know, your academy, your salon, your culture, where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, so I have my private Instagram, which is Tara Rose Kid. And then also you can go through through to Google, uh, Google Tara Rose Salon. We're on Instagram, but you can also
0: obviously direct email us as well. uh, And all the information is on there. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. And uh, I look forward to seeing how the fourth salon's opening goes and how all of your plans for the Academy uh, roll out and what that looks like in in the coming months. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Zoe. The general definition of a limiting belief is a state of mind or belief about yourself that restricts you in some way. Everyone experiences limiting beliefs, and usually, despite them being untrue most of the time, the stronger the belief, the more evidence we seem to find to support it. Learning how to identify these limiting beliefs can help you proactively prevent them from limiting you. Because you can be sure of this, if you're not careful, or even just aware of them, they can and will affect everything from teamwork to workplace culture. If you've resonated with Tara Rose's story, her early motivations to prove people wrong, that she can indeed do X, Y, or Z, perhaps you'll want to try the following exercise. Bookmark this episode, revisit segments of the conversation as you need, and work through the next few questions slowly. Be curious about what comes up. First, identify and pick a limiting belief that you have about yourself. Some examples. I'm too young to be a manager. I don't have enough time to invest in myself. I'll never be successful in my industry. I don't have enough money to enjoy my life. Or I'll never be a great leader with my lack of confidence. Then move through these questions at your own pace. What evidence is there, or not there, that makes this belief true? How might it be informed by assumptions, external expectations, or stereotypes? How does believing this serve or benefit you? How does it impact your actions, your mindset? If you no longer believe that statement was true, what do you think would happen to you? And now try to reverse your belief. Let's say your belief was, I'll probably just fail. Reversing it would make it to be, I will probably succeed. So try to do this with the belief you identified earlier and ask yourself, how does that new belief make you feel? How true is that new belief? And if you lived by this new statement instead, what concrete actions would you take in your salon, in your spa? Of course, this is only a small exercise, but if you're looking for more information on the topic, there are plenty of great books. No Fears, No Excuses by Larry Smith, Mindset by Carol Dweck, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, or Limitless by Jim Quick. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show, as well as check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting edge post production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.